0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 118 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and alongside me for this San Diego Comic Con special is... Oh, is it San Diego Comic Con? Why, what did you think it was? Um, I did one for San
1: Diego, but I did one for 2017 because you said we're going back in time. You literally just just said that, so um, I don't know what we're going to do.
0: Uh, I really don't. But we do know more than our future selves will know in episode one hundred and nineteen. Um, if you say so. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: but might I just say that Bruce Willis, after us doing a Die Hard episode, and then you coming out and saying that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, has made me. You know the way I said that Die Hard was a good action movie. It's moved down
0: below. Oh dear, now, you know so. What What is it like the day off that episode yeah, going live? Exactly, exactly. And a key part of our thing was. Is it a Christmas movie? And he just comes out and says, no, it's not a Christmas movie. Maybe he's just roasting us like he got roasted. Pretty much, I would say. But yes, everybody, welcome to episode 118 of Operation Retroshock. As I said, our San Diego Comic Con special. This episode, realistically, could go an hour, it could go two, it could go three if we really want to. We're not going to try and go that sort of a distance. I was like,
1: no, please, But...
0: Knowing us, anything can happen. Before we get stuck into our San Diego Comic Con discussions, though, uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, throw us any ideas you have for uh, future episodes, be those movies, TV shows, video games, all that sort of lovely stuff, or future news episodes, you can get in touch at Retroshock Pod on Twitter, Operation Retroshock on Facebook. You can contact me at Alan G W Price on Twitter and him at Vinto three one six. Well, Mike sent us.
1: <coughs> excuse me, sent me a message and said that we should discuss Rambo and RoboCop. Um, I'd be up for
0: doing RoboCop because I've never seen Rambo. <gasps> Shock and horror!
1: I think you said you hadn't seen Rambo either,
0: so I admit to nothing. Okay. Um, But you can also, it would be lovely if you did this, uh, go and leave us a review on any of our wonderful uh, podcast hosting places, Uh, be those iTunes, uh, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, all those sort of places, and if you sent us a wee screenshot of it as well, we'll give you a shout out sometime in the future. But enough with the self-promotion and getting us in touch with you sort of thing, Uh, we'll dive straight in and uh, talk about our first topics. Now, the first few topics we're going to talk about here today uh, are stuff that came out pre-San Diego Comic-Con, but they're close enough that I felt we kind of have to talk about them. They were them. San Diego Comic-Con-worthy news items. Exactly. exactly. And uh, a lot of the stuff contained within them was being discussed well into the San Diego Comic-Con weekend. And the first topic... On our rundown today is the Whacking Phoenix Joker movie, Chris. So this little excerpt I'm about to read comes from Digital Spy. Uh, Director Todd Phillips and producer Martin Scorsese's biopic will reportedly be set in the 80s and it will portray the iconic villain as a failed stand-up comic who turns into a life of crime and chaos after bombing with audiences. Warner Bros. official announcement of the project added a few more details describing the Joker origin story as... An exploration of a man disregarded by society. That is not only a gritty character study, but also a broader cautionary tale. Sounds a bit to me like getting a bit of inspiration from the killing joke.
1: Yeah, um I think that and then I can't remember if there was a part in Gotham where he kind of saw the Jokers back in the the Joker back in the day and he him trying to be a stand up comedian. I also read reports somewhere that Robert De Niro apparently is meant to be cast as maybe Thomas Wayne in this movie um whether it's a case of Thomas Wayne maybe a big protagonist in this and then hence you know like the Wayne and Joker kind of um run-ins there but I'd, I'm interested to see where it goes especially if Scorsese's involved in it because you know like he's known for making good movies but it just seems to be a at the minute we're getting weird movies from DC, one of which we'll talk about later on, but they have so much more, you know, like I would have loved like a Green Lantern movie or somebody else that is more richer in the DC lore. Not that Joker's not, but we've already had the Joker several times and we had him in Suicide Squad as well. So how much Joker is, you know, like even a Harley Quinn one would probably been, I think more of a bigger hit than this would have been.
0: Um, I I get where you're coming from. Now, this movie does absolutely interest me and in the fact that you're getting an actor the calibre of Joaquin Phoenix going to portray the role and hearing what he's been saying because this is the thing about this movie. It's very odd. People are usually fairly candid and reserved this early in a film's development. Mm-hmm. But the folks involved have been very open with you know their feelings towards the movie and what they want from the movie and Joaquin Phoenix is... You know, said he's really interested to get involved in the character, and I think the key thing that actually interested him about it was he never he said number one I never thought it would be the Joker. He says I've always wanted to do this sort of a character study. He says of potentially like a DC villain. Yeah. He says, but I never thought they would go with the Joker. You know, with the Joker. He says he thought it would be sort of someone a bit more down the totem pole. Yeah. So they would. um, So he was pleasantly surprised to get the Joker, but he likes the fact that it's going to be a smaller budget film. Okay. Because I think there's talks of it maybe being in around 40 to $50 million, which is small change nowadays yeah. when it uh-huh. comes to movies. So it's going to be a very much, you know, boots on the ground sort of movie. It isn't probably going to be overly fantastical. You'll probably get a, quite more practical effects and those sort of things. Um, but I think what you say is kind of the big issue here at the moment is the fact that we've... Kind of going to be having two jokers going parallel here. Yeah. So you're going to have Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, and then you're going to have the Jared Leto Joker, which supposedly isn't going away anytime soon. If a Joker appears down the line in, as you mentioned, a Harley Quinn movie or Birds of Prey or whatever, yeah, it's going to be Jared Leto. So, kind of comic book fans like ourselves would be able to differentiate that. But Joe Blogs on the street, who's kind of maybe either getting dragged along or kind of just showing an interest maybe because of Walking Phoenix, yeah, might go, well, where's this one I heard about with Jared Leto and stuff like that? So it, it's going to be... DC's going to need to be a bit careful how they chat about this and promote this mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, but it's going to be October 4th next year, so it's okay. 2019, so... They're gonna to have to probably get going reasonably quickly. Yeah,
1: especially if I could imagine this being something in almost like a, a godfather kind of stuff, mm. you know, like that. It's gonna be very like that. you know, just in around that. Speaking of the Joker, um I did have something from a place in space to do with San Diego Comic Con news, which is an upcoming series called The Batman Who Laughs by Scott Snyder and I can't say their name, it's like J O C L. The Batman Who Laughs is coming back and he's got a bigger plan and he's bringing a new Dark Knight with him another evil version of Bruce a version of Batman where Bruce kills Joe Chill with his own gun the night his parents were killed a Punisher he is in broke scheduled for November this is a story Schneider has been eager to write featuring two of his favorite characters this six issue miniseries pits Batman against a culmination of all his fears from the Dark Knight an evil amalgamation of himself and his greatest nemesis the Joker so mm-hmm. it's just whenever you're we saying about the Joker there I was like oh well this ties in nicely to that um because with the likes of scott snyder he's like a you know like he i think he's worked with you know like uh obviously some big projects to do with dc and he's like the way that dan Slott and um other writers like jason Arendt at the minute who are well known for marvel he and the likes of scott snyder and what's his name, grant morrison are known. one quite well for dc so i'm interested to see what that is especially if it's only six issues Mm -hmm. because you find that with a lot of these issues they come out really close together like some of them are bi-weekly some of them are monthly so if you're doing bi-weekly and it runs for say 14 issues you're just that's a lot of change whereas the likes of this it's only six issues so Mm -hmm. and if he's eager to write it yeah it comes out november this may be a taster for people then near enough a year later then to go with the
0: the Joker but I just wanted to pitch that in there too grand so there's plenty of Joker on the horizon anyway moving on then from io9 uh, this is probably one of the biggest pieces of news that's kind of happened over the last week or so uh, especially in the video game uh, community and that is the Uncharted fan film that came out uh, directed by Alan Ungar starring Nathan Fillion as Nathan Drake and Stephen Lang as uh, Sully uh, so this is a quick little excerpt from an interview uh, with Alan Ungar and he said I had already carved out a storyline, a treatment and I had my own ideas of what this fan film would be, said Ungar who was al- who also co-wrote the film uh, but when I met with Nathan I said very candidly, look we don't know each other, I know we just met but I'm ju- not going to proceed with this if you're not even interested because there's absolutely no point, it would be futile it would defeat the entire purpose Fillion then also said, I've been waiting for, and I think we have all been waiting for, the next Indiana Jones, and it's Nathan Drake. And I like, I like Alan, like other fans, we're tired of waiting. We want to see something, give us something, and we know the movie has been in talks for ages, but we haven't seen anything yet, and we just wanted to do something, and the timing was perfect.
1: You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of that, in inverted commas, leaked deadpool footage mm-hmm. with them in yeah. the back of the car and that came out and then everyone went oh my god we need a movie of that is this their way of saying listen you guys are saying that you can't do a film or whatever and you know because why but well, the thing that hits me about that is whenever he's talking to Philian, and then he says like i don't want to proceed without you doing this it'd be futile you wouldn't certainly do that with like a two-three minute video. No, I think this is something that he would say. Like, listen, this is what we have. This is almost like their resume. Yeah, I'm going to the studio and going, like, listen, this is what we have. This is what we're prepared to do, and this is what Philin is prepared to do. Yeah, Philin is more than prepared to do this, and filling can be the modern day Deadpool aspect because with Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds was him. He wanted that, yeah. and it's the same with him. He wants this to do. This and you know, like we've got a new Indiana Jones film coming out of two thousand nineteen. Oh no, two thousand and twenty. Oh no, probably twenty twenty one. Probably Harrison Ford. We'll will probably be use. on Mars before it comes. Probably out. Probably will be, but there's a, probably maybe a better chance of an Uncharted film coming yes. out quicker before that. And then you've got this rich because it's not a case of Nathan Fillion is seventy plus like Indiana no. like Harrison Ford is. You've got somebody who's relatively young who can then if they decide to proceed and do a trilogy or a quadrilogy of this, if that's even a word, mm-hmm. um, he's young enough to do that.
0: Exactly. There's, you know, A lot of people say that age is a key thing against filling at this moment in time because, yes, he's no spring chicken when it comes to the Nathan Drake character that we've seen in the video games. But Uncharted 4 is your key case in point here. Uncharted 4 is Nathan Drake at a far later point in his life, yeah. sort of 40s odd, I think Nathan Fillion in this fan film looked fantastic. Yeah, you know, yes, he was beat up and gruffed up and stuff like that. But you know, what I don't know the exact age of Nathan Fillion's. I think he looks very well for whatever age he looks no, that's, like. That's fine. Don't. He's probably kicking towards fifty. I'd probably suspect, but I think he looks really well in you know the guise yeah. of Nathan Drake. And what's to say that this movie or series, for example, that they could make. Um, isn't based between three and four, mm-hmm. which is the perfect window for that kind of forty-seven. HR. That's not bad. That was a good guess by me, but that would fit. Yeah, you know, you can sure. There's thirty-year-olds still playing teenagers in high school in movies, but Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, yeah, etc.
1: With the likes of this, though, whenever you say
0: to people, "Oh, they're going to make an Uncharted movie," and everyone goes, "Nathan Fillion would be perfect." Yeah, him. he's kind of the fan pick. Yeah, over these years of when people who have seen Firefly seen Castle all those sort of things they're like he has very similar character and mannerisms and charisma Mm -hmm. as Nathan Drake yeah Um, let's talk very quickly about the actual film itself what did you think of it?
1: I loved whenever like you saw it kind of over the shoulder and it kind of panned down to the gun and I thought that's really cool And then whenever he was kind of, you know, you see the shot shooting and then he runs out of bullets. The only thing that puzzled me was whenever he went and he looked up at something and he had this big smile on his face. I'm like, why does he have that? And then I love whenever he jumped and then like the quick time event came up. I thought that was genius. And then the (laughs) red van coming in or the red like Jeep. Jeep. Um, I thought it was, you know, like because whenever I had heard about it coming out, it was like, Oh, uh, this is going to be like half an hour, and I looked, so because fan, you know, like whenever you see like Master Universe fan made things, it's like, you know, they've poured their heart and soul into this, and I'm not saying that's not the case here, but that's just a real, not adequate, but that's a real short taste of. Could this be what comes down the line? And the fact that it works well together. Obviously, the movie won't be anything like that, but it's very much like in Doom, whenever it goes into first-person mode and you just see the gun. Yeah. It gives you that feel, And plus the fact that the outfit that he had was on point, the way he had like the the strap here where the gun would go into, and just the way he was, like you say, he was beat up and everything. But to me, he looked like... Nathan even had trick. the haircut yeah he just like everything that, that was there you could almost say from a distance if you were oh have you seen the Uncharted the the i uh, uh, take from Uncharted and show that so oh, I didn't see that in the game. <laughs> somebody would actually believe that that's in the yeah. game because it's so well done but I was really surprised at how well it did and obviously this could be the um,
0: stepping off point
1: this could be the hype train that everyone jumps on for yeah. us to
0: then get the uncharted movie that everyone's been pining for. Exactly for me, it is a fantastic uh, fan film. The directorial shots are superb. Well, that helps by having a fairly professional director. He's done series for like Netflix and all like yeah. that, so he's he's not new to the game by any stretch. Um, as you say, like the shot where it goes into like it is at the game mm-hmm. is great now. As you mentioned, that would not happen in a proper show, but for this sort of a fan film thing, for like thirty seconds, it gives the crowd to use a wrestling term a pop. Yeah. So it does are like, oh look, it's exactly like the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the mannerisms, the jokes, and all as well, the little things as well, like when he finds like the letters, and he's like talking to Sully over the earpiece radio and stuff. You know, talking just all the little mm-hmm. historical details, and all, you're like, that feels exactly yeah. straight out of the game. And you even get towards the end. The little bit where he solves a little bit of a puzzle, so you get that taster as well. Mm-hmm. So you do. So it really is fantastic across the board. Um, do you I think this would lead us to a movie, not so much Netflix series? I'd be more inclined to think... Oh, that's a good idea. I I never
1: even thought of that, to be honest with you. I would think
0: they'd be more inclined with Nathan Fillion to a Netflix series than movie.
1: But then if you're saying that about the director as being one for Netflix series, then that's, you know, two and two together equals winning-winning combination, you
0: know? Um, The one thing I'm coming out of it saying is, and this is probably partially because Nathan Fillion was so good in the role, Mm -hmm. um, it was great that they got an actor like Stephen Lang involved as well to play Sully. But I couldn't see him Yeah. if there was a series being Sully because I think Sully has such an iconic, again, charisma to him and voice Mm -hmm. that I don't think Stephen Lang was just there. I enjoyed it because it was just part of the fan film, so you just switch off. Yeah. But I think if they went full series, um, they'd have to look at that. And the person who played Elena, you didn't get much from. Mm-hmm. at the end anyway so they would probably be positions that you would look but no I'd be all up for an Uncharted series moving on because if we don't move on we're going to be at this all day <laughs> uh, the final pre-San Diego Comic Con story that we're going to talk about and it's probably again another fairly big story and that is that Comcast withdraws from the bidding war for 21st Century Fox so Comcast this is from uh, a news article as well from Comcast. Not well. that's actually probably part of their statement. Comcast does not intend to pursue further the acquisition of the 21st Century Fox assets, and instead will focus on our recommended offer for Sky. They're trying to buy Sky News over here, folks. Uh, the company said in a statement on Thursday, Disney and 21st Century Fox have agreed to a 71.3 billion deal that will see Disney take control of the bulk of Fox's assets, including 20th Century Fox Film and TV studios. FX FX Networks, National Geographic Partners and Fox's 30% stake in Hulu. Uh, Comcast and Fox, and by Association Disney, are still competing to buy London-based Sky in which 21st Century Fox has a 39% stake. $71.3 billion. Always always makes Star Wars look like a bargain. Exactly what I was going to say. How the heck now, yes, you have to look at this, like, how many movies are through, you know, yeah. in the in, in the Fox, 20th Century Fox banner, tons, iconic ones at that, the original copies of Star Wars, hint, hint, wink, wink, please, thank you very much, release those on Blu-ray, um... So you have to weigh that up. But so I wonder then if we get that back, will we
1: get the, that? You know the way that, that they took that out of the Blu-rays, the 20th Century Fox. Hmm. I wonder if we'll get that put back. The into fanfare it. you're talking yeah, about, exactly. yeah.
0: Possible, but I'm not sure. Uh, I would say Disney would probably do away with that because it'll just be like, oh, well, it's Disney now?
1: I think that's one of their
0: big key factors is that they want to have owned the rights back. The only, to- the only thing you could say about that I know it's odd that we're debating fanfare music for the start of a Star Wars but you might find that they could update that image the 20th Century Fox image with the fanfare and that says 20th Century Fox now underneath like a a Walt Disney company or something like that Mm -hmm. yeah because you still have
1: Lucasfilm you know like there so that's what all our stuff you know like for that amount of money, and then you're thinking, right? Okay, so that means obviously then Fantastic Four, and that means X Men, but and Deadpool. We've heard like so many stories of how long it's you know, because this isn't going to be. This is going to be something that is going to happen, but it's going to take a while for all the you know T's to be crossed and I's to be. But dotted. I think this
0: is, I think this is part of the reason why we haven't heard much of Phase Four as well. Um, yes, they're probably keeping that quiet partially because of the next Avengers, mm-hmm. but I think a key part as well probably does have to do with this potential deal coming up that they might go, right, well, we we'll want to get the ball rolling for the X-Men in our universe, yeah. in the MCU, so that could we'll be, push that back a wee bit and slip an X-Men in here. That could be here.
1: as well why that X-Men, that horror X-Men, which title I can't remember... Was meant to come out this year and then it got pushed back to like March of New next movies. year. Yeah, that one, the one that has Maisie Williams. Maisie I think Williams yeah. um, that there and then, obviously, there's the Gambit movie which is being stuck in production hell for. And then the Phoenix X-Men just, movie as yeah, well. So and then you have back. you have that. So I think this is why because they maybe pushed it back for this to happen and then this reshoots. The either reshoots or whether. These are going to come out and then these are going to lead into other X-Men slash Avengers kind of tie-ins. Because with the likes of, say, Hulk, who can't star in his own movie, you could put Hulk with the X-Men, you know, or you could put Hulk in Deadpool or something like that. You know, so there's so many possibilities, but it's something really that we would get onto. I think that's one to save for whenever we actually know that. Everything's been done, dusted, Because yeah, exactly. yeah,
0: you know, yes, in terms of this is everything signed, sealed, and delivered. In terms of price agreed, Comcast yeah. pulling out. this still, as far as I'm aware from what I've read up, has to go in front of the courts and stuff like that, so that it's deemed that Disney don't have such a monopoly, yeah, over media and entertainment yeah. as well. Because I think that's part of what's the issue for. Comcast and um, Fox trying to buy Sky mm-hmm. because Murdoch owns Fox, right. and they don't want him to have too much of a monopoly over the media okay. in the UK. So, so it's, a,
1: it's almost maybe a case of him getting rid of this to then go right.
0: Okay, I've got rid of all this, so yes. now can I have this? Exactly. Yeah. So it's uh, almost like a reverse monopoly, really. <laughs> yeah. But, so yes, the big positive for us as comic book fans, superhero fans, is that we're going to see the likes of potentially X-Men, Fantastic Four, and Deadpool in the MCU, but there is, we do have to mention, it would be unfair of us not to mention the fact that this, I was again reading up on this, likelihood of it is going to lead to about 5,000 people getting laid off. Right. So there is a negative to it, so yes, enjoy your moment everybody, I'm I'm not... I'm like, I'm taking the cherry off the top of your cake here, everybody. I'm sorry to do this. But just think that it isn't all sunshine and rainbows for those maybe Mm -hmm. working behind the scenes. But I'm going to still look forward to X-Men and MCU, though. Yeah. (laughs) Radio. So that's pre-San Diego Comic-Con news out of the way. It only took 23 minutes. Oh, Lord. (laughs) So day one. That was Thursday. Let me get that right. And the first thing on our agenda for day one is Doctor Who season 11, the trailer. Oh, before we start, Alan, do you know that whenever I uh,
1: attend on Film and Comic Con that I will have met a couple of doctors such as Tom Baker and Matt freaking Smith?
0: Ooh, you weren't too fond of
1: Matt Smith's era though, Chris. Once he left, I've said to Simon, and I'll say this on air, that because Tennant was my favourite doctor, once he came into it... I couldn't warm to him. It's whenever he left and I went back and watched his episodes that I could appreciate him as the Doctor. So I appreciate him more now. now this, this, this is this
0: is amazing to yeah, me. No, I, first I've heard this. I
1: appreciate him more now. I think it's maybe because I think at the moment I only enjoy Capaldi's run with Pearl Mackey mm-hmm. and not with Jenna Coleman. So I think that's why with Matt Smith I think whenever you look back and I appreciate his more Whenever he's with different companions rather than with um, Clara. You know, I prefer yes. him with like, Amy and Rory. It, yeah. And then uh, Rory's dad with dinosaurs in the it's, spaceship.
0: It's very odd. Even though I absolutely love the David Tennant Doctor. See, when I go to just throw on a random Doctor Who episode. It is more than likely actually a Matt Smith episode nowadays. I don't know why. It just seems to be a, some of his episodes I gravitate mm-hmm. to a bit more. Loved Capaldi as the Doctor. But as you say... I felt kind of like things started to grate on me a wee bit with Jenna. Yeah. No offence to her or whatever, but I just thought maybe that companion kind of lingered compa- a bit it too was, much. It
1: was more companion who than Doctor Who. Exactly.
0: But anyway, on to um, Doctor Who. We can strange. save those for Doctor Who episodes so we can. But little excerpt here. So we have, uh, this is from Chris Chibnall, the showrunner. I think there's a lot of new things this year. There's new worlds, there's new characters, there are lots of new guest characters, new dialogue, new camera angles, he said. It's really so that we can get it to you guys and everyone else in the world at the same time all polished. It's kind of in reference. He was asked about the leaks and stuff mm-hmm. like that that happened to footage. Um, I really love television when it's a communal experience. I want you guys to be all taking, uh, talking about it at the same time and we have the things you're not going to want to be spoiled. Okay. Uh, namely, some other things that were mentioned in the panel were that there's going to be big-name guest stars. Right. So, not just throwaways. Uh, every episode is going to be a standalone, so there's no two-parters. Okay. Uh, there will be no Daleks. Yeah, I remember hearing that. And episode one will be simulcast in both America and the UK at the same time. That's good. So, that's a big deal. Yeah. So, as I think they did that for The Odd Cinema. Release. I think yeah. the ones in the cinema they were done at the with same the time. The Doctor, because we watch, yes. were watching
1: it at the same time as Mike did.
0: So I did. Now there's a lot of hoo ha being made. A lot of people are like, "No, Daleks! This is a disgrace. It's her first series. She needs to have the Daleks." And I found a brilliant tweet by someone who actually went and researched. Mm-hmm. um well, the Daleks! They were in less than half of the original Doctor Who series. Well, Eccleston, he. Did he have the, He didn't have the
1: Dalek in his first episode because it was all taunt. Oh no, first series, sorry. First series? Oh right, okay.
0: First series. Uh, but half of the original Old Who mm-hmm. series never contained a Dalek story. Well sure. Whereas pretty much nearly every season since New Who came yeah. back has had a glimpse of a Dalek.
1: Because I think Part Way movie only had two stories.
0: Well, this is the thing. Is you know, so so I think it was something like 37 or something or 30-something seasons of original Who. And I think maybe the Daleks appeared like 17, 18 times. You know. Did you also see this tweet that happened? What was this? Yes, I heard but this drama. I heard the drama. But then they
1: did that. I so then there was drama. a picture of Jodie Whittaker and Alex Kingston that says the doctor and her wife. And that was at 10.09 a.m. Then three minutes later, it says Jodie Whittaker meets the doctor's wife, Alex Kingston. So almost not saying about that. I've also heard people, I think it was Jerry Ger- um, Anderson's John- son on Twitter, that people were saying about the trailer, obviously we'll talk about in a second, and say like, oh my God, these companions look terrible. And it's like, you have not seen the companions companioning yet. Yeah, You know, you've seen them look around, that's it. Yeah. you cannot this is one thing that
0: infuriates me about trailers it's, it's, is that, it's the world we live in now yeah, exactly. people are immediately like give me everything
1: yeah but then it's not <laughs> it's always here's what's wrong I don't like this like the case in point the whole she debacle where all these oh that's ugh. all these men are getting their their pants you know in a knot because She-Ra isn't what she used to look like and it was the same whenever Power Rangers came out and Rita Repulsa doesn't look like she did then it's like Things change, you know, like you have the same thing. It's a case in point. We have Doctor Who. We have different companions. I still we think... We
0: have a female Doctor. I
1: still think that we were going to have... Now, this will mean nothing to people in America, that Bradley Walsh will say, oh my God, the person running after us is a chaser. Oh, I Because of the program that he hosts calls The yeah. Chase. Because I joke with people on work Cause thinking, I, Because guaranteed he will have done a lot of improvisation. Yes, I think he will be. Yeah. So he will. Um, what did you think of the trailer? Not really. Well, the the first one, the one that just has them, and then with her like waking up, going, "Oh my god!" Um, Again, there's not very little there to take away from um, her. Sonic Screwdriver reminds me of Count Dooku's lightsaber. The curve, the yes. curve of it. So a lot of, a lot of people have been yeah, kind so of joking about either that. Either that or a woman's razor. I'm not sure, um, but Chris. Had, no, but it has it has that ar- the arch on it. I, I'm doing this with my finger, and you can't even see. Oh, I'm not dear. doing nothing nasty, by the way. Um, but yeah, it, it, it give me what what I wanted to see and I was her in her outfit and everything which and I, I think have, looks a lot better in motion I think she looks the part I also liked whenever she crossed uh, Ashley Eckstein's her universe yeah, fashion show and then she Properly. came out and then took all that and everyone was standing up you know applauding her and it's just um it's nice to see I think some kids don't get it because they're used to the doctor always being a man mm-hmm. and now they're going to get a female and it's good for you know like for girls and women that they not that they didn't have anyone to cosplay as but they've got a heroine to look up to yeah you know and there's few and far between in tv there's obviously like a wonder woman and you've got like black widow who hopefully will get her new movie soon but it it is, it is
0: still uh lopsided yeah it
1: is it's lopsided very much but it's nice to see that She's embracing this and she seems to be very happy. You know, Judy Walker yes. seems to be happy with the fandom. She, she
0: definitely seems to have been one of the individuals or one of the things that has kind of stole the show yeah. at Comic-Con just by all the different things she was doing, as you mentioned, the her universe stuff um, and her enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Again, she has really embraced it and just went for it here at Comic-Con. Trailer... Didn't show us much in the grand scheme of things, which I kind of like. Um, it's leaving everything still a bit of a mystery Yeah. for down the line. We'll probably get another trailer closer to when the series is actually about to hit. But for now, I'm happy enough just to see a few random clips yeah. of stuff, see her in a bit of action, hear another couple of words from her, those sort of things, glimpse of the Sonic, all that stuff, and reveal a bit more down the line. Because well. mm. you know, at the end of the day... You want a bit of mystery from Doctor Who? So that was one of the annoying things, that spoilers for last season of Doctor Who, yeah, folks. Yeah, to do with they didn't need to see
1: the... the show the master. Yeah, if they did, if they showed that, that would have been a great rub. Whoa, where she
0: showed that, I can't give it away. That's, you know, BBC has been notorious for uh, showing their hand mm-hmm. far too early in recent seasons with Doctor Who. So hopefully part of the reason why there's a bit of mystery left in here comes down to Chibnall. Yeah. And him being like, no... I want to keep the cards close to the chest for now, and you'll find out down the line what the story is. But uh, yes, all looking fairly positive so far anyway. I'm excited to see her actually in action. Moving on then. This is a, this is a biggie for day one. Uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars, Chris? Yeah, it's just whenever you said about, you know,
1: Fox and things and people being laid off and... You know, it's not a case of things go away. Things can go away, but then things can come back. The likes of the Clone Wars being um, saved and, you know, seeing that clip. Especially, um, I was watching your man Jeremy Jones or whatever he's called. I can never say his surname. Yeah, Jeremy uh, Jans. Whenever he was saying that he likes to see somebody videoing it because you can hear the crowd. The, the emotion in the crowd. So whenever you see, uh, you know, Ahsoka look round at Anakin... And then she's with Sabine and you just hear this, <gasps> and
0: it's just like, you know, like everyone just... And then there was the bit as well where it was uh, a war left unfinished and then yeah. it kind of pauses just for a split second and goes, dot, now. dot, dot, until now, yeah. and the crowd's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, this is from Geek Exchange, so it's just a quick excerpt of things. Ten years after it last aired, Star Wars The Clone Wars is returning. New episodes will premiere on Disney's forthcoming streaming service. Disney getting their ore in then with uh, their streaming services. No, have, they haven't, Disney Life. Exactly. Five or a month. <laughs> uh, Lucasfilm Animation Chief Dave Filoni announced the news during the show's 10th anniversary panel at San Diego Comic Con today. The trailer for the new season dropped showing Anakin, Obi Wan, uh, Rex, and Ahsoka Tano, amongst others. Uh, Dave Filoni said to the crowd, It's an anniversary, it's 10 years, and you guys deserve something for being so great. A present, if you will. We got together and thought, if there was one thing we could give you, what would it be? And what would that be is another twelve episodes in twenty nineteen of the Clone Wars.
1: I really hope that this whenever this ends, whenever the Clone Wars ends, it ends with Anakin and Obi Wan saying, "Right, we need to go and have say to that, go get
0: Palpatine. We have to go get the Chancellor, <laughs> yeah. you know,
1: because Grievous has him." And then that's yeah. how it ends. It's just them going across properly and see, yeah boom yeah that's definitive you, finish you want this to be like the almost the, the rogue one to a new hope you want it to be that so whenever you finish watching that episode you can then put on revenge of the sith and away you go you yeah. know but um it, it's great to see because i've actually just started watching because i got the, i've actually started watching this like a good couple of weeks ago way before any of this happened and i've actually started watching the clone wars because i got that disney life app and it's only like a five or a month, like I say. Now, have
0: you been watching it in release order or the order that is actually in uh, timeline accuracy? No, I've been watching it. In, um, You're too lazy for that. Um, I'm watching it <laughs> one after the hell I'm not
1: <laughs> fooling around and going like, episode four, ep- you know, like of season three. And I'm like, what?
0: what? No. But no, I thought the trailer was a good glimpse. Again, you didn't see a crazy amount. But it was just it was it enough. Was just, it was just perfect. It was you enough for he, you just to go. Whoa. You got. You got to see the new graphics. Mm-hmm. Stays in the original style, of course. Two Clone Wars, but of course, technology's progressed, so it's a yeah. wee bit crisper, wee bit cleaner. Uh, the models have been updated, so yeah. we're definitely in that territory now, where the models of Anakin, especially, are very much bang on Revenge yeah, of the Sith. Exactly, yeah. so they are. Ahsoka's again, a bit older. You can see in her shot she started to have the kind of the head mm-hmm. uh, kind of, what's it, not like, a ti- not, like a tiara thing, yeah, like, like a, her like thing head, on the top yeah. of her head. Not her head tails. Um, <laughs> the kind of like little metal thing that you see, again, she has in Rebels when she's a bit older. Um, so she's progressed in time here. But this was this story, the sea, it's going to be based around the Siege of Mandalore and, funny enough, again, Darth Maul. Um, a very popular individual at this moment in Star Wars. Um, but um, it's going to be around the Siege of Mandalore with him, but it's 12 episodes. I don't see them dedicating 12 episodes to like one thing. I could see them doing like Siege of Mandalore* for three or four episodes, and then yeah. something else for another three or four episodes, and then that final. three There's or nothing. Four.
1: There's nothing to say that this is a thirty-minute show, so this could be an hour each episode mm-hmm. or something like that. Because I find that with certain episodes, *Rebels*, whenever it was winding down, it seemed to be that the last season they spent too much time on doing uh, pointless storylines, and they could have you could have spent so much get, more uh, money, yeah. more time with that. So I really hope that, you know, like, we don't have an episode dedicated to R2-D2 trying to find, like, his missing sister or something silly like that, you know. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah, There's, like, okay, episodes okay, yeah. dedicated to Chopper and, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, no, it'll be interesting to see
0: where it goes and... I'll be interesting to see where they go for tone-wise with this. Because mm-hmm. this is the thing, is this has always been the argument Dave Flowney has had, and I can completely agree with him when it comes to the legs of... Uh, especially Rebels, uh, he said this in interviews, was, you know, when the older fan, such as ourselves, is watching the likes of a Rebels and we're like, oh, we don't want to see a silly episode where Chopper goes and does this or uh, what was that other protocol droid that sounded like Alan Rickman? Um, oh, I know. I you know, know who I mean. mean? Yeah. But like he's floating through space singing with like these space <laughs> things flying around him and you're like, what is this? You know, give us Star Wars, serious Star Wars and stuff. The show, Rebels especially, and Clone Wars when it first came out, was primarily based towards kids. Yeah. So it's not to say that Clone Wars and Rebels haven't had their darker episodes, but they were specifically designed for kids. Now that Clone Wars is coming back here at a stage that the target audience that this would have been directed at Mm -hmm. is now probably, you would say, kicking towards eighteen. Probably Yeah, because mm-hmm, it's the 10-year
1: anniversary of it. Yeah, So, so I think, so yeah.
0: anywhere between 18 and early 20s for the original audience mm-hmm. of this show, do they maybe shift up the tone, make it a bit more serious, or do they still try and keep it on a broad spectrum so that anybody can kind of watch it? Well, I think it'll probably be a case of they'll probably...
1: I think the tailor ends of it, because Anakin will lean more heavily towards the dark side here. I think that's what they'll probably go for. I think... I think they always seem to have the right balance. You know, is that maybe they'll do one episode that'll be mainly for kids, and then they'll do one episode that'll give us what we want, which'll maybe be, you know... We'll maybe see Ahsoka and Darth Maul face off, Mm. or something like that, or whether we'll see something that we... we maybe not have expected. You know, whether we'll see... Lando talking to Obi Wan, or whether we'll see some other things. But there's so much stuff to do, you know, and that's that's the the key thing here is that they've got 12 episodes for this to wind round this season. And as good as it is that they have it, it'll please some people, but it'll not please a lot of people. And they'll let, no matter what they do, there'll be a set of fans who'll not be happy with how it ends. But but
0: no, I'm excited for it. And it's again, it's one of those things that will nail on people subscribing to this yeah, exactly. streaming service yeah. for Disney. And you never know, it could surprise us. And whether they definitively end it or not, you could get other new animations sneaking in there on the streaming service. Of course, Froni's doing the new series Resistance, but I think that's going to be a general channel based yeah. show. Um, but the streaming service gives them plenty of freedom. To just continuously do little offshoots. Because he might have a bit more freedom with the Clone Wars here as well. To do things a wee bit more Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he wants to. Because it's not on terrestrial TV or anything. So. But yep. Cool. Moving on. Something we're not going to dwell on too long here. But there are more TV shows coming into... I'm not going to say the CW-verse. One is CW. Um But they're both under the uh, banner of Berlante. So the guy who is heavily involved with the CW-verse. That is Batwoman and Stargirl. Stargirl is going to be, funnily enough, on DC's streaming service. Um, No word as yet. It was just pretty much announced. No word if the actress who portrayed her in Legends is going to be coming back to portray her in this or if it's going to be based completely in a different universe or whatever. Um, The Batwoman one is... She's going to, of course, uh, debut in the December crossover for the upcoming season of CW-verse. That's a nice way for them to introduce
1: that character. But it was
0: kind of, we mentioned it when she kind of first was brought up as being in the crossover a few months ago when mm-hmm. we were doing the news on it, that there's a good chance this is the set of a future show. And lo and behold, it yeah. has been announced that she's getting her own show uh, on CW. No word that it's going to be this year, so I'd expect it for the future seasons, slate, so not... Uh, this upcoming fall but the following fall okay, um, or they could surprise us and make Batwoman series happen over the summer months mm-hmm. to kind of plug the hole.
1: While you're talking about DC I always want to bring up this other comic book related one to do with the Green Lantern uh, upcoming story by Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp. Grant Morrison is returning to DC Universe. The acclaimed writer is poised to make his long-awaited return in a big way team with artist Liam Sharp to launch the Green Lantern a new series designed to explore the titular's hero's role as a space cop in vertical commas but while you might be forgiven if you expect Morrison and Sharp to drop Hal Jordan neck deep in the sort of massive grand storylines space, space exploration and alien contours tend to lend themselves to the creative team claims their new series will actually be more modest in scale I shared this with our good friend Michael Lacey, who's a massive Green Lantern fan yes. uh, he didn't know about this and said oh, he's very excited about this I have read some Green Lantern stories and it's something that with these two if it's like more modest in scale and not be, sometimes I find that some comic books will be very, they'll go far too far, and yes. you're like it kind of loses you, and then you're like okay, well, uh, let's just rein that in and then, it back yeah, just start. So if it's more modest in scale, then I'll be willing to give that one a go and see.
0: Awesome. Uh, one wee final thing, actually, I almost forgot to say uh, about the Batwoman TV show is they have come out and said they will be actively seeking a lesbian actress to portray the character because, of course, it is a lesbian character okay. in the comics as well. So it's nice to see that they're actively going in that direction. Mm-hmm. So they are to actually match up the character with you know yeah. their feelings and, again, some representation for the LGBTQ community. Uh, again, something that we will touch upon later on when with it comes Supergirl. to Supergirl. <laughs> yes. That was funny. I was just thinking that see? myself. You knew the crack. You knew it the crack. Um, but moving on to a show that very much it's fair to say that you and i enjoy yep and that is the toys that made us season three so this is from geek exchange chris says he has juicy gossip here for me so um we'll get to that in just a second but uh from geek exchange the netflix docuseries the toys that made us brought a blend of nostalgia informative entertainment ...and creativity to the forefront of viewers. Season 1 covered such classics as... ...Star Wars, Barbie, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe... ...and G.I. Joe... ...while Season 2 revisited Star Trek, Transformers, Lego... ...and Hello Kitty toys. Hello Kitty always confused me... uh, ...as being in that kind of ensemble. But moving on... uh, ...now courtesy of the series panel at San Diego Comic Con... ...we know our next four IPs... ...the series will be covering... ...and they have us very excited. One of which we mentioned on our recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode, should be involved and it is going to be on the list here. And it
1: is because James E. Talk wrote, This is why I was in Los Angeles back in May. Once again, I'm honoured to be a part of the toys that made us. This time, the talented folks working on the show had me wax lyrical about Ninja slash Heroes Turtles. Expect season three later this year. So he will be part of it very much like he was for the He-Man one. And I can imagine that he will probably be the same if and when they talk about Ghostbusters because he's a big part to do with the real Ghostbusters kind of um, cartoon, like the documentary side of that on. Remember you can get like the big firehouse? Yes. He did like a lot of work on that, so he did.
0: So yes, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is on there. It had to be involved sooner rather than later, so it's good to see it being sooner. Uh, But also uh, we've got Power Rangers, which... Is cool for me also. This is really a season that three out of the four really hits for me. Mm-hmm. Um obviously my little pony's included in that. Well oh, that hits it right <laughs> in the head for me, so it does. But yes, the four are Power Rangers, My Little Pony, Wrestling and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. See to be honest, that's a fairly strong season. Yeah. Across the board for uh toy properties apart from like there's three
1: out of the four there I'd watch with uh, the wrestling one just I wouldn't watch you know i watch my little pony of course, instead absolutely. but you know like with all the seasons there's been like Barbie or something like that you're kind of like okay well I don't want to watch that kind of thing um, speaking of TV shows uh, be prepared and Walking Dead to say goodbye to Rick Grimes Less. Andrew Lincoln is uh, confirmed. Speculation he's exiting the massive, the popular zombie drama. CNN reported, CNN. CNN, this will be my last season playing a part o- news, Chris. O- of Rick Grimes. Lincoln told the crowd, according to footage shared by people intends as the audience stirred upon his bomb cell. Uh, Lincoln pleaded for their attention saying now hear me out please I love this show it means everything to me I love the people who make this show he said I promise not to cry I've done enough crying on screen Um, of course he's had reason to over eight seasons the ninth premieres in October viewers have seen Lincoln's Rick Grimes uh, lose countless friends and family members to the zombie apocalypse including his wife and son Uh, they've also seen the character emotionally evolve from a fresh out of coma sheriff to a rictator and everything in between Um, this is going to be very different i watched the trailer of this not that I have any interest in the show especially now that the lead character is basically going Um, the comics seem to this seems to be going a certain way that the comics have went obviously they haven't killed off Rick Grimes in the comics because he's still there but with certain aspects especially what happens to Negan and certain other things that the comic seems to be... where they're getting the main crux of that. But last season of Walking Dead bored me to tears... and I think that it's something that he should have left a while ago. Yeah. I think it really hit its stride. Maybe whenever the last episode... whenever you didn't know who Negan was going to kill... and then with the, the, start, the start of that season... I think it was season 8 and then the last episode were good and everything in between was garbage in my opinion mm-hmm. some people may have said that some people may have not got into the show or some people like myself would prefer reading the comics I've actually stopped getting the comics now because I'm just finding that the stories aren't there Gripping you you know like uh, whenever you've had like near enough 200 issues of a comic it's c- kind of hard to keep the the thing going especially whenever you have a TV show going concurrently with that as well in my opinion but um, just the fact that I'm paying four quid a month to go. Oh right, okay, yeah, okay, all right, and then just <laughs> put it away, and then that's it. So, um, do you think this could be the I think start this, of the
0: swan song for Walking Dead?
1: Apparently, from what I heard, that your woman who plays Michonne, who was in Black Panther, I can't remember her name. She said that this is very. Oh
0: ah, yes, the Okoye Yeah,
1: she she is. She says that this is a very female driven show. You know, a female, very female-driven show this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see once he leaves it, Daryl will step up then. That's Roman um, isn't it? Yes. Uh, so I don't know what they'll do because this is kind of like you having a big TV
0: show and then you're losing your main character and then everyone it's else almost, is... It's almost... It's a, an odd comparison to make um, because there's certain things that are different here. But it's almost like Walking Dead's Doctor Who moment. As in the kind of key lead character mm-hmm. actor is moving on, yeah. So this is going to be the test now to see if it maybe gets rejuvenated and gets a new life and keeps going, or whether it's gonna. I think it's one. Of those, I think
1: it's one of those things that they've lost a lot of viewership, and then last season's was the lowest-rated one. I think this may be where people tune in to see how he goes. Yeah, because I think there was whenever um his son carl spoilers um by the big one
0: you already he, spoiled that <laughs> he went he went
1: he went out in a very he went out and it just didn't seem to do justice for the character but apparently there was backseeds things to do with his father wanting him to be paid more they didn't seem to deem it necessary mm-hmm. so it's just like right well just kill him off then and that's what they did so ruthless yeah ruthless um but like I say, I've lost interest. A lot of other people I know have lost interest in it. And I think it is something that, very much like the Big Bang Theory, it's something that you can only do so long and
0: then people will get, st- get yeah. tired of it, you know. But- I got you. Okay, doke. Sticking with TV, uh, this is something we'll probably come back to and talk in a bit more depth later on. Um, but this came out on day one of Comic Con, so this is why it's at this position in our rundown. And that is that Sam Witwer hence why I said Darth Maul is a very popular individual at this moment, uh, joins Supergirl as Agent Liberty. Uh, EW reports that Witwer will portray the character as a villainous and terrifying founder uh, of the Children of Liberty hate group, which supports human first world order. This will prove to be a problem for Supergirl and the DEO, who are pro-alien integration. So this is obviously to do with the suit that's... And the S on it. Yes.
1: Right. Okay. Now I understand because I was like, "What's this?" I thought there's sort of like, "All oh, right, have they upgraded?" Vid- you know, um, Olsen's suit. You know. Yes. Wh- what's his name in that?
0: Jean. No, oh, no, no,
1: James Ol, yeah, uh, James Olsen. Guardian. Yeah, Guardian. Sorry, yeah, Guardian. I thought that they had zipped up his suit,
0: and it was like, "Right, well, why are you talking about this?" Because that, that but no, because the whole voiceover again. We'll talk about it in greater depth down the line here. The whole voiceover of the Supergirl uh, preview Mm -hmm. of uh, the next series is voiced by Whitworth. Okay. So it's his character, Agent Liberty, talking over it sort of thing. And we got a few hints. I shouldn't say it's 100% recap. There's like 5% uh, spaceship footage and stuff like that. And him. And him. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yes, we'll talk about that more in depth towards the end of the show. Uh, Iron Fist Season 2. Did you watch the trailer? I have watched I, ha- I it. haven't because I haven't watched season one, okay. so there was no point. In Basically, the
1: it. trailer was just him fighting people and then him jumping up and punching the ground, and that was it. So iron fisting then? Iron fisting. Okay, that sounds so bad. Sorry, apologies. <laughs> um, Children, sorry. They, they did show this as well, which I took a photo of. If I can find it.
0: Way to be prepared, Chris. Be prepared.
1: Um, That was like first look at Davos and Iron Fist traditional yellow mask and Iron Fist season two, which (laughs) whoopee. Um, Iron Fist for me is my least favorite Marvel show, and once this comes out, I have zero interest in watching it because I have zero interest in the character. Because that is a season that was maybe ten or eleven episodes. And that went on 10 or 11 episodes too long for me. Was it not the full 13?
0: Well, whatever it was. But it was it, one of those ones that I was told um, you could basically skip the entire first half and you still wouldn't be missing yep,
1: anything. I, I exactly used that exact terminology to somebody in work today. And I've said, if you want to see if you like the character, watch The Defenders. If you like the character, watch it. If you don't like the character, then don't watch
0: it. No, he didn't do it for me in Defenders. So. Well then, <laughs> there you go.
1: There's no <laughs> point in spending, you know, 13 episodes of 45 minutes for something and watching it and going, that was pathetic. Like, I've started watching season two of Luke Cage, but I can't get into it. At the, it's just, it's not grabbing me. And that's really hurtful because Luke Cage is my favourite of the Marvel show. From what, the I've, from what shows. I've heard is
0: Luke Cage season two, whereas season one was very much, oh, really good first half. Yeah. And then it kind of tailed off yeah. dramatically in the second half. It's, this one I've heard is more spread out across yeah. the season. So uh, for those that were used to the first season being very much, let's go and brilliant. It might be that wee bit harder to yeah. get the ball rolling. With. I think
1: with Marvel TV shows, it always seems to be that there's always like a big lull somewhere at the start or the end. Yeah. You know, like with Daredevil
0: season one was like that for me, and then season two was I'm, kind of. It's all. Uh, I'm really struggling with the Marvel Netflix shows at the minute because um, I haven't watched the first season of Luke Cage. I haven't watched the second season of Luke Cage. I haven't watched the first series of Iron Fist. I've watched all of Daredevil. I've watched Defenders watch the first season of Jessica Jones watch the first episode of season 2 of Jessica Jones and I was like not doing it for me yeah I so it's all, I do think it all comes down to the fact that there's 13 episodes yeah and if these series were maybe pushed down to that sort of 8 mm-hmm. it be a lot tighter a lot neater and you'd be able to kind did of did you enjoy the standards?
1: I enjoyed it enough but then I found
0: once something happened I was kind of like, mm. wasn't that like 6 or 8 episodes yeah it was like yeah so yeah, yeah case in point really exactly Moving on then, and this is something I did not know was in the works at all here, and that is Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, during a panel at San Diego Comic Con, Nickelodeon's Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles unveiled the new voice cast consisting of Omar Miller as Raf, Ben Schwartz as Leo, Josh Brenner as Donnie, uh, Brandon Michael Smith as Mikey, Cat Graham as April O'Neil, and Eric Bauza as Splinter. The panel also featured co-executive producers Andy Soriano and Ant Ward, and a name that will be very familiar, legendary voice director Rob Paulson, all of whom shared what to expect in the latest incarnation of Turtles, a reinvention of the world famous franchise, another one. Uh, The panel also included a trailer for the forthcoming series which features new supernatural ninja elements as well as some slight shifts in personality traits and a brand new stylized animation. Thoughts? Um, it seems to be for me. Whenever they went, oh, how about
1: we get the shiny ones? And then uh-huh. they take them, and then they like. It's almost like Power Ranger Turtles. Yeah. To me, it's like they take that and they morph into these big, massive things. Um, I can understand why they're going this route, right, but for me, there was a lot going on, and it's very fast, frantic. And I was like, my eyes were like, oh, I can't keep up with this. <laughs> you know, it's. I prefer my turtles. You know, either in three D or with the, like the Nickelodeon one. I can understand that this is done for a newer audience because they're trying to reach, you know, like obviously we had our classic turtles, then mm-hmm. we had the newer Nickelodeon the, one. I
0: thought the CG one was going well.
1: Yeah, but then they had that like about four, three to four seasons, mm-hmm. and then you have this one, which is kind of then to make sure that you have newer audience, and this is going to be for the younger demographic for that
0: toy money,
1: exactly. And then there'll be the toys that, uh, made us, you know, like to maybe talking about, yeah. um, but. I can understand why, it's just, it's not for me. I'm not going to say anything negative about
0: it, because I've watched a two-minute trailer, and that's been it. I'll probably probably give the first couple of episodes a watch to see how it pans out across a few episodes, because I think this actually went live, like, pretty much right away, like, in the the day or so following Comic-Con. I think the first episode's up online somewhere or something like that. You know, like, they were just like, here's your show, enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um... Maybe others were more aware of the show
1: coming than I was, but um, I knew of it and I saw the character designs, and I wasn't overly fussed on it. Yeah. So because they were all bulky, and I was like, what? "It's they're
0: definitely they're definitely going that direction of, uh, especially when you know they're just normal walking about." Yeah. These different shapes and sizes mm-hmm. or I think rafts obviously a bit more of a kind of this beef beefcake this whereas- to me
1: this to me is like with transformers you had beast hunters mm. so this was like transformers as dinosaurs and things whereas this seems to be like them as more beefed up characters but the, the voice acting for me was on point you, yeah. know, you can tell that because with Paulson being involved because one of the characters sounds very very similar to him I was like is that Paulson is he doing another turtle show <laughs> but because he's like more behind the scenes I really like that but that, that would
0: that would give me faith to give it a try yeah that you know he, he's in there overseeing things so yeah um, I'll give it a try see what the story is report back um, moving on then for our final story of day number one as we creep towards the R mark of the show oh my god <laughs> day two won't take as long and then three will be grand um, hope you're enjoying it everybody thank you for listening um, wake up <laughs> uh, Spider-Man PS4 story trailer was released uh, this trailer revealed that Silver Sable will be a major part of the game story tied in with Norman Osborn we also find out that MJ is uh being voiced and performed by Laura Bailey. Does that name ring a bell to you at all, Chris? No. Not we'll initially. If I would say Nadine Ross from Charted oh, and okay. uh the mystery lady Anna that's going to be in Last of Us Two. So remember the really weird kind of like hanging trailer for The Last of Us Two that yes, came out? Yes. The lady that is on the receiving end of the hanging. Okay. That is going to be her who's the much rumoured potential mother for Ellie. In Last of Us 2. So she is the voice of MJ. Okay. In this as well. So they kind of kept that for uh, Comic Con. Again, like much with a Spider-Man game. It looks pretty neat. And
1: did you see this? The PS4 Pro. That they're bringing yeah, out. Yeah, I've heard that. there's
0: been a lot of confusion about that as well. Kind of over the weekend. That they've done not only a Pro. But they've done a one terabyte. Yeah, they've
1: done a one terabyte And, and then a 500
0: then I haven't heard that
1: of because oh, we only maybe have, that's in the
0: states only. We've
1: only ha- got like codes for one terabyte and then the pro, which comes with a headset. Um, but and, I think
0: some people have accidentally been ordering like regulars instead of pros or pros yeah. instead of regulars you in the have, states. You
1: should have had different things. You should have had the one terabyte as that and the pro as his like
0: uh iron spider suit, or they could have even done different styles on the PlayStation. Yeah. So, say. The pro was the one that you see there, mainly the red with the spider symbol in the yeah. middle. And then you could have made, like, the regular PlayStation, like, Mar- Miles Morales colors or something like yeah, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, uh, You know, potential, that's me just saying, uh, to avoid confusion. But no, this really, really looks good. And Apparently the crowd got to see kind of the first proper scene okay. of the game as well. So it's kind of like uh, Peter's apartment and it's dead messy and stuff like that. And it's the whole juggling life with responsibilities of Spider-Man <laughs> thing that you're used to, um, but uh, what's it? Uh, Fisk comes into things, Kingpin, quite early in the story as well, and that's where you kind of it starts off him in his apartment, and then it's kind of like called the arms. Yeah, and Fisk gets involved, and that's your first proper kind of swing into the game. So to <laughs> say, uh, excuse the puns, but. Um, I'm looking forward to this and it's good that it's not too far away. Yeah, 7th of September is whenever it's out. I'd be disappointed if you didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Will that be one you'll be probably picking up on release day or you might you
1: hold off? (sighs) I don't know. There's that many games coming out and everything like that. Plus you've probably got Octopath to play as well. I still haven't started that. Serious? Yeah, I bought it and still haven't got nowhere near it. i finally got Captain
0: Toad and I'm loving it. It's a great card. Oh, good stuff. Uh, So it is. Shall we go to day two, Chris? (laughs) Yeah, let's. So, day two. Um... Power Rangers and Street Fighter crossover fan film such short film I know I I don't know I don't think it's a fan film I think it's actually a short film because it came out on the Power Rangers Twitter feed
1: I knew about this because the Power Rangers are part of the Street Fighter the arcade one that came out ages ago yeah um, that they've actually put the Power Rangers in Street Fighter so I think this makes sense very much like they put the Turtles in Injustice Um, that this one surprised me because I had Jason David Frank who plays Tommy obviously
0: And, and I think there was is the the blonde lady that was in it is I think the character I read up is called Gia, and it is from one of the later series of okay. Power Rangers, so it was another Power Ranger actress. Unless
1: it's mighty Moore from Power Rangers, I don't know it. Um So it was <laughs> interesting to see Ryu and Chung Lee and yeah. M. Bison in that. so But then it said that they were bringing out another one later on in the year or something, so this must be just like the like a,
0: apparently there's like Ranger Ryu or something like that yes because
1: uh, Robbie had messaged me to say that uh, Ryu's uh,
0: a Power Ranger now and he's like uh. so what so so you kind of see in this trailer I'm getting handed like the the, the coin. power coin yeah. um, but I was reading as well that other it's, is it going to rain my goodness it is uh, that's a rare thing there's your weather update for the episode folks mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah hear um, that
1: Mike weather might be raining <laughs> <laughs>
0: hopefully we don't all pass out um <laughs> but uh there's going to be other rangers in this okay older rangers in this so it, that's what they're keeping a mystery for now for us to see but this really kind of surprised me and took me out of left field i didn't know there was a connection between I the two know, franchises or know, anything i like knew that? of
1: that but i didn't know that there was this until you sent it to me and it said like this is what we're going to talk about so just watch the trailers and i watched it this morning and i was like oh
0: and like I thought, and oh, you right. saw like the flipping wrecked original Megazord, yeah, and stuff. that was like, a class.
1: It was just like wow. And then obviously you could see where the command center is. That you see, Ryu and Chung Li kind of like, dropped into go like, where are we? And to, like, and then he's, I'm not your enemy. Does the name M Bison mean anything to you? And I was like, mm. but
0: no, count me in for like Power Rangers fighting M Bison. You that know, of course, yeah, I'm completely down for that uh next up then in day two uh is star wars news uh that isn't clone wars sorry folks i know people are going to say this probably at some point there is we aren't going to talk about star trek in this episode uh there was stuff for star trek discovery for like the cbs all access show and all but certain things unfortunately had to get put on the cutting room floor for this show or I really it, would have been here for four hours. I haven't hard. seen
1: like the first season. Because I knew
0: that was going to be the case. Yeah, so, so I was like, I've watched the first season, thought it was alright, interested for the next one, but it's not going to be out twenty nineteen anyway. Okay, I'm doing to, like shorts. I need so. to discover Discovery then. But anyway, back to Star Wars. Um <laughs> there's, on day number two a huge kind of drop off all the sort of books and all that are going to be coming out because of course we didn't have celebration this year. Mm-hmm. So this is the place that they were going to reveal sort of some of the key books that are going to be released. Now there were an absolute ton, but I've picked out the ones that kind of interested me the most. Okay. And I'm going to read some idea and you can tell me whether this would be an interest to you or not or what would be more of an interest to you or not. Okay. So the first one uh, No. <laughs> Is, this is all from StarWars.com. They were very nice to put up like, descriptions and stuff like that of the book. But the first one is Star Wars Queen's Shadow uh, by E.K. Johnson. She's done quite a few of the books recently. Uh, it's going to be releasing in March next year. And this is going to be about uh, Padme and Madala served Naboo well as its queen. But now she is ready to begin a new chapter in her life. Then the newly elected queen asks Padme to uh, serve Naboo... ...in a new capacity as its centre. So as you can guess, this is between episodes one and two. Um, with the help of her devoted handmaidens, Padme must figure out... ...how to navigate the treacherous waters of politics... ...and for her new identity uh, beyond the Queen's shadow. E.K. Johnson said... ...it's the story of Padme changing from a Queen to a centre... ...and the person, uh, the people right behind her, uh, such as her handmaidens. Um... I think a lot of people will be happy to see Padme get a bit more coverage. Mm-hmm. So, well, out of them, this is one that interested me enough, but it probably won't be one I'll immediately run to. No. But the reason it interests me is because it's by E.K. Johnson and she's had a lot of good stuff But recently. her people are dying,
1: Senator. There must be something quickly. <laughs>
0: um, but this one might be more up your alley here, Chris. Aren't and they? that is in the comic realm of things. And that is Star Wars Tales from Vader's Castle. Now, it sounds a lot more comedic and odd than yeah. with that sort of a title. It sounds a bit weird. But this is by Cavan uh, Scott and artist Derek Charm, Chris Finn-Oglio, Kelly Jones, Corin Howell, Robert Hack. There's a lot of artists, so I'm going to skip that. Uh, but it's going to be going on sale in October. Okay. Um, and this is described as, join a ragtag band of rebels in this weekly five-issue mini-series filled with eerie adventures from across the Star Wars saga. Told in the shadow of Vader's castle, these spooky stories feature Hera, Kanan and Chopper, Han Solo and Chewbacca, the Ewoks, and of course Darth Vader himself. Beware the tales from Vader's castle. I oh, met Ewoks? Whoa, i <laughs> Kevin Scott has said this about the series... Know how you get those spooky Halloween stories where a car breaks down and there's a creepy castle on the hill? Yeah. Well, imma- well, imagine a spaceship landing on a lava planet and the only place is the castle on the hill. So, Vader's castle that we've seen from row one. Okay, I think this is interesting to see where they go about it. What? How they're going to work this out? I don't know exactly how it's going to work. It sa- it how, sounds- how all of not at the same time, of course, potentially <laughs> that Hera, Kanan, Han Solo, Ewoks, everybody ends up on. It almost sounds like Scooby Doo goes and meets Star Wars. It's it's a bit of a weird one, but I'm intrigued by it. Okay, so I am, um, um, again more comics here: um, Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion, and Age of Resistance. These are beginning in December of 2018 okay so these are all going to be crossover ones then like journey bet- journey through the entire star wars saga with age of republic age of rebellion and age of resistance a 30 issue maxi series chronicling the most iconic heroes and villains from across the galaxy Nope. Uh, this epic marvel comics event starts in december with age of republic qui-gon number one and age of republic darth maul number one hence again why i said he's very popular at the moment um Jody Hauser on the Age of Republic series which focuses on iconic heroes and villains the people here, it's going to be four months, eight issues and each month is going to have a hero story and a villain story release order Qui-Gon and Darth Maul Obi-Wan and Django Anakin and Count Dooku Padme and General Grievous
1: No, 30 issues is way way too much that's something you wait until it comes out in trade paperback and you just get one you know it's easier to sit down rather than having friggin so that's going to be 10 issues per run then and then they're going to interlink together.
0: No. now okay so good advice in terms of the purchasing yeah but story-wise would you be interested in here oh some, yeah because it's basically they're teeing it up that right this little segment's going to be for the prequels this little segment's for the original and this little segment's for the sequel trilogy yeah
1: i would definitely get the the i would wait until there's a collected one which may be like an omnibus which may have like them all together or buy them, buy them all separately. But that's how I would read them out. It's not something I would want to pick up singly. I'm kind of at a point now where there's not many titles coming out that I want to pick up and then read, apart from like Injustice Diet. or Master of the Universe um, and that kind of thing. But with the likes of that, that's, it takes up too much space where you're able to just buy a book, yay big, and then just go, <laughs> right, that's me then. So that's something that that I would... I would love to, I would love to read it, but... Um, But I like to say people in America, you can go to um, DCBS and then they normally do like, say, 40% off at certain ones. So they're always very good to deal with. Unfortunately, we don't have anything like that over here.
0: (laughs) Finally, then, on the Star Wars book front, and this is the one that interests me the most. And that is Star Wars Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray and is releasing in February of 2019. Uh, This is set before the events of the Phantom Menace. This is a thrilling new novel from the best-selling author Claudia Gray. Uh, She did Bloodlines, which is the kind of story of Leia after uh, Jedi. Uh, This stars Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi on a dangerous mission for the Jedi. So it's the story of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan before Phantom Menace.
1: See, we've already had like an Obi-Wan and Anakin story, Mm -hmm. um, and it was dreadful, because I started reading it. This is a book book.
0: Oh, a book book. Not a comic. Okay, all right. Um, But I think Qui-Gon is one of those kind of characters that kind of hasn't got too much uh, behind him story-wise. There was some stuff in Legends and all I know that much, but of course Legends has kind of been wiped out from existence since Disney uh, took over. So I'm interested in this simply for Qui-Gon more than anything because, of course, Qui-Gon's Liam Neeson, and Liam Neeson has a link to here as well, so it's got that sort of... Exactly, so so that's that's probably out of that lot that would be my one I would probably be looking for audiobook rather than real book because
1: Ketley nice and real
0: exactly give me that yeah that would be perfect yep yeah. I'll slice you and dice you <laughs> um, so moving on to the next topic this is uh, your sort of thing here Chris and that is Resident Evil I've never heard of it so Resident Evil 2 Claire Redfield updated and this was all kind of very quietly kind of mm-hmm. Because on, on the tra-
1: on the trailers you saw like a a very quick snippet of her and it was all Leon all the gameplay that has come out it has all been Leon and there's been very very little little to do with Claire Redfield. So uh,
0: Redfield. let me get this name right here, right? Okay. So Hirabayashi, I think I did quite well there. I think he's the main boy that's in charge of this remake of uh, Rezzy. <laughs> the main boy. And uh, the main boy has such a Northern Ireland thing. To the say, main boy. Oh. Um, he says Claire's new look is described as a biker ninja, uh, and according to social media reports, the team decided to ultimately ditch the hot pants uh, and base her design on the scene of Claire riding into the city. She even rides an officially uh, licensed Harley Davidson. Okay. Um, yeah. So you've obviously played the original and are looking forward to the remake. Yes. What do you think of the change for Claire? It's
1: no great shakes, to be honest. I know there'll be fans if who'll I'm be... Such an Northern Ireland thing. There'll be people who'll be outraged and stuff about it and they'll be like, oh, this isn't the Claire that we know. Fair enough, it's not, but they're kind of bringing her into the modern era because whenever you think about how old Resident Evil is and then yeah. you're like... It's- and it's,
0: you know... Based from a Japanese development company, who's uh, not this is not to be offensive towards the Japanese culture anyway, but if you think of the likes of uh, the Pokemon anime, yeah, things were a lot more adult in that series than over here, so Mm -hmm. things have to be kind of
1: things were a little bit higher up the woman's waistline, and so to speak. but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What I don't like is whenever I look and then I saw this, which is Resident Evil 2, Collector's Edition. I was
0: going to mention that, the $200 special yeah, edition. Yeah, now this
1: is the American one, the European Union, or UK one, will get announced later, next month, so I hope... That this becomes that there becomes that one goes away and it's a hundred.
0: Nah, you have no chance, yeah. It. You this, have no chance. This, 200 quid easy.
1: This will probably be the only thing that I drop the money for. a Collector's edition. I was
0: wondering because that was the thing I was weighing up whether to mention it or not. I was like, I wonder would Chris buy that or not?
1: It's because it's one of my favorite games. Like, if they were to do, say, like the remake of Mass Effect and then you were to have that kind of thing, oh, in yeah, it, you know, like then that would be like, oh, yeah, you take all my money, but. That would be one that because it's out in January, it could be like, oh, instead of having a birthday present, can I have this instead or have money towards this and pre-order it and then just go. <laughs> so, yeah, that's something that I'm looking forward to uh, immensely. So,
0: righty. So the next topic here is something that has been getting kind of very mixed feelings out there in fandom um, since it was announced over the weekend, and that is a reboot of Buffy. So this is according to Deadline, the new version which will be pitched to streaming and cable networks this summer will be contemporary, building on the mythology of the original. And the producers add that it will be like our, or, like our world, it will be richly diverse and like the original, some aspects of the series could be seen as metaphors for issues facing us all today. However, source cautioned the project is still in its very early stages with no script and many details are still in flux. And another point is that they are looking for a uh, black lead to Mm -hmm. play the role of buffing.
1: It doesn't need to be called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. All it could be called is the next Vampire Slayer. That's all you need. You don't need to have that. I understand why they're doing it. But again... You're going to have people going, right? Okay, so that means you're going to have Xander, you're going to have Willow, you're going to have Giles, you're going to have Cordelia, you know, right, and you're going to have all these characters, and either they're not going to have those characters or the characters are going to be different, you know, because Willow is one who starts off as very, you know, dungarees, very, like, think Allison Hannigan in a Mario outfit This mm-hmm. is probably be the best way to summarize it. And then as the series goes on, she becomes more, um, Comfortable in her own sexuality. she so then starts going out with a woman who... Spoilers. Dies. She dies. And uh, then she turns, you know, like, evil. And she starts... She rips skin off one of the guys. And, of things then. Yeah, so... I think that's something that if you're going down this path that you have to, again, like I've always said, you have to acknowledge what has come before you and build on that because obviously Buffy is still something that goes on in the comics now yes, and it's still quite popular and then obviously you've got the likes of Angel and Faith and Spike and things like that. So whether you have the likes of Elijah Dusku, David Boreanaz or James Masters is it Masters or Marsters? No, Marsters is Cyclops. I always get those two mixed up. <laughs> Whether you have them cameo as those characters or Seth Green as Oz, you know, like those big names, yeah. that, rather than, oh, here's Angel, but we'll get...
0: So-and-so.
1: So-and-so to do him, you know.
0: So I can I can see both sides of the coin here. I can see, obviously, from a business standpoint, uh, with them wanting to shop this to networks mm-hmm. or streaming service, the name, Buffy the Vampire Slayer has a commodity to it. Yeah. But I also, a 100%, and probably the side I would agree with out of this, is the fact that why does it need to be Buffy, really, in the grand scheme mm. of things? Because, and it is the main argument, it's kind of what you're being saying, a lot of folks are saying, right, we get where you're wanting to go in diversifying yeah. your cast. I've and not, your I have nothing, no problem with that whatsoever. Absolutely. It's what needs to happen yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. There's more equal representation. Yeah. Well the key thing is why not just create a new show. Yeah. All together and have that lead. Mm-hmm. There. You don't need to rehash Buffy the Vampire Slayer to achieve this there, to have a strong diverse female lead.
1: In what, in the story there was Kendra who was I can't remember who played her but she's familiar um, and she was an African American woman. So why don't you do that and say Kendra the Vampire Slayer and then kind of do that or do, like I said, do the next Vampire Slayer or, uh, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Buffy the Vampire Slayer's, um, I'm trying to think of the word, you know, like Apprentice or something like that, you know, like whether somebody, because at the end of season seven she's training all the Slayers to then combat this, big evil, and then a lot of them, you know, like the Undertaker. Yeah, well, a lot, a lot of them don't make it. A lot, of, uh, some of them do. So, you could then go on from that and go like, right, okay, we'll take this character here, whose name is such and such, and then we'll do it as that, and that's all you need to do. But yeah. you know,
0: but yeah, it's just a case of it's that age old thing. Put diversity aside. There's no real need to rehash Buffy.
1: There's not, but I think that it's one of those things where now. If it's been, well, speaking of which. um nope, the Chris likes, has remembered something. The likes of, say, the Karate Kid, obviously had big things Cobra to do Cobra Kai, Kai or, yeah. and they are actually bringing out uh, Co- uh, Karate Kid figures, oh, cool. which will probably sell well because of how popular Cobra Kobra Kai is. Been, yeah. Obviously, you know, these are part of a two pack, so six inch scale action figures, which I thought looked cool. Um, and they are actually bringing out are you familiar with whenever they brought out like, the fig arts yes they are actually bringing out a crying one All Right. cool so it was actually Robbie who sent me that so they've on. obviously done like the Pokemon and that kind of thing so um, speaking
0: of figures as well just before going on air Mike uh, sent me a message Mike has really latched on to my uh, big enough yes. of Shuri because uh-huh. not only is did he send me in the recent days that Shuri is getting her own comic book yeah. series um, but also that there is going to be a Shuri hot toy as well. Yep. Um, I very much enjoy the Shuri character, but I don't think I have three 400 pounds to spend and warrant spending on a hot toy figure. No. I would probably get Iron Man first. We all know me. Uh, but this is a, a news title that I never thought I would read, and that is Don Cheadle <laughs> as Donald Duck Chris.
1: Yeah, I've read like Catherine Tate is doing like some uh, voices in this and this is meant to be the more intelligent version of Donald Duck. So this is going to be very much like in Gremlins whenever one of the Gremlins is speaking, like uh, being interviewed and speaking like, oh, we don't want any trouble and, you know, so... Uh,
0: so he gets like some sort of voice modulator stuff in the yeah, stoke or something Yeah, so whether like that. this
1: is what's going to happen and... But it, it's kind of cool to read it, you know. The, re-
0: the main reason I put this on here is... Uh mainly because the video that's attached to it. uh, If you haven't watched it, folks, go and search it out. It'll be on probably just one of the main Disney channel, YouTube channels or whatever. And they sit down and talk with Don Cheadle. They show a couple of clips from the season finale episode that he's going to be involved in. It is only for the season finale, folks, so don't panic. You will get regular Donald back. Um, But there's a couple of funny things in it. You know, He goes very comedically into you know, how he got into the frame of mind to portray Donald and portray a duck. But... What, did they go swimming or something? He says he ate a lot of duck. Uh, Wow! He says says that might be counterintuitive, he says. That's cannibalism as his um, finest. But the key funny thing out of this that I laughed at was, and this is spoilers for Avengers Infinity War, folks. Um, Mind, if you've been listening along with the show, you've probably listened to our spoiler-filled episode. If not, go and listen to it. Thanks. Um... You know when you always get kind of in like the lower third of the screen, when the f- person first comes up on the screen, they'll say, uh, Don Cheadle, and it'll be like Donald Duck. Yeah. It was Don Cheadle, Thanos survivor, All right, okay. and Donald Duck <laughs> underneath, so it's just a nice wee in-joke from Disney. But no, this DuckTales show's been doing reasonably well. So I enjoyed it. it. And uh, David Tennant's in it, so I'm, I like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, if it's only for the season finale, no harm, no foul in my opinion. Day three time, Chris. Right. We're we're in in the big day here. Now, again, before we start day three, folks, I'm going to say, of course, we are recording this on Sunday evening UK time. It is currently 25 past eight in the evening. So that is 25 past uh, midday on the West Coast of the United States. So if something dramatic has come out in San Diego Comic-Con on its final day, I don't think there's anything majorly planned. Uh, But if something mega has come out, uh, unfortunately... It is not going to be in this episode. If it is something major, we will plonk it in a future show down the line and talk about it. But, day three was the big day for trailers then, Chris. Okay. And first one on here is Fantastic Beasts. Now, not something probably up your street.
1: I don't mind Harry Potter, but I've never watched a Fantastic Beasts movie, so there was no point me watching this.
0: All I'm going to say about... Uh, Fantastic Beasts, and a short wee bit about this trailer because uh, there's plenty of other trailers that we can talk a bit more in depth on coming up. Is that the first Fantastic Beasts I was intrigued by? Okay, went and saw it, and it kind of was just there mm-hmm. for me. It it didn't really capture
1: that feel. I've heard because it's more like an Americanization, really, of Harry Potter mm-hmm. because well, seven. it's set in America, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So you're not dealing with the Ministry of Magic, you're dealing with, I can't remember what the American version is, that's how much it impacted me. Um, like, I'm a big Harry Potter fan sort of thing, but I watched the original and I was just like, "Yeah, it's alright, it's not going to you know, stick with me any great depth. Yeah. The trailer for this, I thought, looked really, really good though. Um, it has me a lot more interested and excited for this one, it looks a lot more action-packed. I think that's maybe part of what the, where the first one kind of stumbled. It was kind of just long periods where you'd be like, come on, guys, let's, you know, let's get to this a yeah. little bit here sort of thing. Um, it was very heavy on Grindelwald with Johnny Depp, who, of course, there's controversy behind him and his involvement. So yeah, I heard less, that. Less said about that, the better. Um, especially with him being on the same Warner Brothers panel that his ex-wife, ex-wife would yeah. eventually be involved in, so... That didn't go down well, Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, this is this was the best trailer for this movie. I think this trailer's already this movie's already had three trailers already, including this one. Um, But this one definitely pushed uh, Depths Grindelwald to the front of things. After that, uh, funnily enough, most of these are Warner Bros. because Warner Bros. were only the kind of real key kind of film company at. Comic Con showing trailers because it used to be obviously you'd have Marvel would have yeah. had a Holly H. panel, Warner Brothers, so on and so forth. But these guys were kind of the only ones here this year properly showing stuff and that is the uh, new Godzilla movie King of Monsters. Um thoughts Chris I've never watched the first Godzilla and I don't well, even. well no, that's a good choice to be brutally honest I don't one.
1: I don't even remember watching the Matthew Broderick Godzilla really yeah I don't even recall I know kind of what happened in it but that was enough uh, and then with this the only reason I watch it because it has Millie Bobby Brown who plays Eleven and Stranger Things
0: I thought that would get you and
1: then obsessed. I was like watching it I was like oh okay Monsters like, <laughs> yeah I was like oh we need to get rid of we need to get these other ones you know to get rid of this one otherwise world will end and I like
0: they've got to catch them all
1: I was like yeah I was like okay that's fine um, to be honest with you there wasn't a lot of trailers that I watched that I was like oh that looks really good you know um, that's old age Chris I think it's I think it's more cynicism after watching like the Last Jedi and getting hyped up with that, and then a tri- the, the movie coming out and just being, you know, so
0: it, divisive.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think that's why now I try not to get very hyped up for trailers or whatever. That.
0: You know, I can so. that. No, I I like the look of this. The first Godzilla again, much like the first Fantastic Beasts, mm-hmm. did not do it for me at all. I was very excited when the first one was coming out because I was like oh, this is going to be cool, we're actually going to get a proper Godzilla yeah, movie. Yeah, and I heard,
1: I heard Brian Cranston was going to be really good yes. in it and then they yeah. ki- they killed him yeah, and then yeah. it was just like... Spoilers! Oh. Was There's like, so much oh. spoilers in
0: this episode. It's like, oh, right, okay. Um, the first Godzilla focused far too much on the human characters. Like, the first two-thirds of the movie are like...
1: So, like, the later Transformers? Yeah, the okay. first
0: two-thirds of this movie is like, love these humans, be invested in them so that when all stuff hits the fan <laughs> later on that you're worried about them and stuff like that and then it's like, you see, like, only a few minutes of Godzilla on screen now I know die hard kaiju film folks and Godzilla people are going to be screaming at me over this microphone here because they're like well that's what kaiju movies are like back in the day is because you're only meant to be teased a bit and all like that and some of the best you know, thriller horror movies only show you a certain thing for Mm -hmm. a few minutes like the original Jaws you only see it for a short period of time on screen but in this modern day you want a wee bit more than a few minutes of Godzilla kicking butt. Yeah. But uh, it definitely looks like this movie, there's going to be that and then some. Uh, from what I'm picking up, seeing a lot of very diehard hard Kaiju Godzilla fans are fairly pleased with this trailer because not only have you got Godzilla, you've got... This is me showing my absolute lack of knowledge in Godzilla. So if I pronounce these wrong, please don't shoot me. Uh, you've got Rodan, a new Mothra, uh, and King Ghidorah. There, that like the pterodactyl. Who? Rodan's the pterodactyl that was in the volcano. Mothra's the butterfly moth. And then... Stay uh, off Marshmallow Man. Ghidorah's like the three-headed dragon thing. That was close. That's what it is. So Godzilla so fans are going to be so angry. <laughs> you know? like, how dare you talk about this? <laughs> um, but no, I thought the music and the visuals looked really cool in this. And... This was actually my first because I ha- again I'm terrible with Netflix. I don't know why, but I haven't watched Stranger Things, so this was my first proper glimpse at kind of Millie Bobby oh. Brown and sort of because there's su- kind of such kind of hype surrounding her. Yeah. Maybe that's more because of Eleven or what? Oh I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought she was all right in the trailer. Not that she had kind of Didn't said much yeah. in this trailer. Just cried, um, <laughs> cried and screamed and said, "You're a monster." Yeah,
1: cool and touched class.
0: Right now we're in territory where I think we're going to be more equal footing talking about okay. these trailers and that is shazam
1: okay um this is a real difficult one for me um because for me this seems to be if they made the movie big a superhero
0: i can, I can get that yeah and a lot of people have said that that this it has that feeling around it. This
1: seems to be that they've done I like Mike had sent me a thing to read cuz I said I don't I don't get it.
0: But again, your argument has to be Shazam's been around before big.
1: Yeah, oh no, no. I get that, but the reason why I'm saying that is that that's why I'm trying to put it into terminology that people may not be yeah. familiar with the character very much. Like I'm not, but Mike sent me a, like a link to re- you know like to read like the best collected stories of Shazam or whatever. Um but for me, this seems to be because of Deadpool doing so well and because it's very much a fan favourite. That's why maybe DC has gone this route with Shazam. Again, like I a said. A bit of
0: lighthearted funniness.
1: Again, like I said before, you know, like they should have really focused on their key characters before they went this route, Yeah. this route. Okay. Um, yeah. But it's an odd one for me and I don't know how I feel about the movie. Um, I watched the trailer and I was like, right, okay, so what powers does he have and he doesn't even know but I think this is going to be one of those ones that if it does well will garner a sequel oh yeah I know 100% down the line um but I'm it's just one that has me puzzled um I'm just a bit confused but so
0: did you like any of the comedic pieces in it? did they give you any hope? or um
1: I like whenever they were in and the guys were getting robbed and he throws them out the window and then he goes out and he goes like, hey, I'm superhero. Sorry about your window. But I, I just I don't know. i I probably need to see more. Um, it's not one that'll rush out and go like, oh, I have to go to a midnight screen or that. Or if it gets spoiled for me, it's no big deal. But it's one that I would probably end up seeing at some stage, but it wouldn't be in like an open day. That's for- probably
0: more down to kind of... Your feelings toward DC as well, I would say, because you're not you've not been the biggest fan of a lot of DC releases. No, so I've you'd always been inclined to kind of go for it. I've
1: always said Marvel are great with the movies, not their TV shows, and DC are good with their TV shows, not their movies. So you have that yeah. balance. So I watch the DC, the TV shows, and Marvel with the movies, yeah. and you know, like enjoy both aspects yeah. of them.
0: Um, I think. It's probably going to be quite obvious that I enjoyed this probably a bit more than you, because of Zach Levi. Okay. Because I'm a huge Chuck fan. Uh, right. Okay. Days as
1: Chuck. Right. Okay.
0: So, I've been wanting to see him get this sort of a break. Mm-hmm. He'll kind of have a big movie role, and I think he does absolutely nail it in this trailer for what the character of Billy Batson and Shazam is meant to be. This whole he looks like an adult superhero, but he's actually still. A child and has the you know mental age of a child. That's why sort I've of
1: said to I'm like, big, you because know, yeah. that's the um, easiest way to say that.
0: It's because Zach Levi has that sort of childish enthusiasm and charm about him. Okay, especially in Chuck, you know. So I, I when I first heard that he was going to be involved and play Shazam, I was like, this this is going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So it is now. The trailer on the whole, there were some things I liked, some things I didn't like. Um, I felt the first half of the trailer dwelling on Billy Batson was maybe just a tad on the long side. Okay. Um, I know they wanted to set up to kind of clearly say to people, right, this is a kid being transformed into a superhero and stuff. They didn't want people to get confused about how have you we suddenly went from this kid to Zach Levi yeah. and things like that. I can get that completely. And there was one moment in kind of like the Shazam sequences that kind of completely yoinked me straight out off the trailer. I was like, mm mm-hmm. And I don't know whether this is just me being really pernickety and stuff like over this, but that bit in the store when they're facing off the, against the gunman and the gunman pulls the trigger and you see the bullet hit the floor. And you're like, oh, right, okay, he's bulletproof. But it's the other, his kind of foster brother that's with mm-hmm. him. And he's like, Oh, you've got bullet immunity, and I'm like, who in their right mind says bullet immunity? Yeah, uh-huh. you say bulletproof, which yeah. he immediately then says afterwards. At, yeah. you know, shazam, and I'm like, that that kind of just yanked yeah. me. I was like, that nobody nobody in their right mind says that. No, you know, you'd say you're bulletproof. Wow, I wouldn't you know? say I
1: wouldn't expect a lethal weapon instead said diplomatic immunity. Saying I'm diplomatic
0: proof they're, What? what? are bullet immunity vests. Yeah, it's not like, okay, bulletproof vests. It's fine. Um, But no, I liked it. The childish charm around Shazam, the whole, as you kind of mentioned as well, once they beat up the bad guys in the store and saying, you know, sorry about your window, but, you know, you're welcome for not, you know, getting robbed and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're like, hey, I'm a superhero thing. I'm down for that.
1: If we're going to talk about this one next, do you want to talk about these other ones? on a legends the legends thing or do you want to leave these and then talk about these before we do each of our specials because we're running at how long are we
0: running at now we're in an hour and 34 minutes
1: Okay, I think if we just talk about Aquaman leave Aquaman and then do that and then we talk about them before we talk about each TV show I think that's probably the easiest way rather than Dou- talking about that for another forty
0: odd minutes. You can shout at Chris for the CW getting uh, skipped here. Then, folks. but we have
1: CW centric episodes which, coming uh, up. Led- episode
0: one hundred and twenty. We'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. So well, but yes, uh, Aquaman was kind of the kind of crowning thing on Warner Brothers panels at uh, San Diego Comic Con. Thoughts, Christopher? Um, this is one that um,
1: I think. This should have been done before Justice League, and I have not seen Batman versus Superman, but doesn't he appear in that?
0: Um, I can't remember.
1: Okay, that's how much that
0: has an effect on okay, me. Okay, that's very, fine. That's a very good point.
1: Um, um, but I think that this is one very much like Marvel did their solo stories first, and then did Avengers, and they yeah. went, "Let's do Justice League," and then, oh, do do you like Aquaman? Here's a story about him.
0: It does. It really does show. And I'm not doing this to rag on DC because I just want good superhero movies yeah, across it. the board I mean, at the this, end of the day. To
1: me, this looks good. I know a little bit about Aquaman, uh, mainly from Robot Chicken. Um, um, that's not
0: that's not a good thing to n- do. No, but Chris.
1: Aquaman's uh, one of Mike's favourite superheroes, you know, like with Green Lantern. Um, and this... Aquaman has always been, like, the butt of the jokes. Yes. You know, like, he's always been, you know, like, because he's... You know, like can you know, like he can command like the beast in the water and all that kind of stuff. Um, that he has also, you know, not got the love that a lot of people have given him. And I think that casting Jason Momoa will then have women going like, "Oh, Aquaman's my favourite now."
0: Casting Jason Momoa alone just raises the credibility of the character no end. Mm-hmm. You know, as you say, he was kind of the butt of the joke you know, when it comes to the Justice League. Um, Robot Chicken's the perfect example of that. Yeah. <laughs> when you cast a big guy with, like, Samoan heritage, you know, built like a brick house. Mm-hmm. Um, guess what I said, for Like a brick house. Um, you're going to take him serious. Yeah. So you are. Um, I thought this trailer was really good. I was genuinely worried about this movie because this is one that they've kind of held off and held off yeah. on the trailer mm-hmm. so they're having a lot of people going where's the trailer it's out in December it's flipping July you know what's going on here folks yeah. because you're so used to now like the Godzilla trailer
1: mm-hmm.
0: that Godzilla movie isn't out till May next year yeah. this is July so like, you're it, like 10 months because it was
1: like out in May and I was like oh that's not, oh wait no I'm in July
0: I'm and not it's the same it. for yeah. Shantan Sh- Shazam! Uh, it's all in the magic. For Shazam, it's out in April next year. Yeah. So you've got these trailers so far out, yet Aquaman, here we are. This is its first proper trailer. Mm-hmm. And it's out in December. So people were getting worried here, but I, I'll admit, this has me sold. So it does, I'm interested in it. But I do think you do have to come, case and point, back to what you've said. The order of all this yeah. is completely wrong. Mm-hmm. so it is before they thought of doing the Justice League this any main character movies you wanted to do should have been done first yeah so they should have Um. be that Aquaman be that Shazam be that whatever because you'd have had more options then exactly for Justice League yeah and you could have built up a far better villain yeah. Uh, so you could have for Justice League as well now could you see Shazam fitting in well with the Justice League with the way they're going about Shazam oh, he this, seems, he seems to be like,
1: he seems to be like the Deadpool of saves. like he seems to be one that would they put him into that or whether he would just be cast and be like oh no we don't need you kid you know
0: but um, I thought again Mamo's enthusiasm and just desire when it comes to this character comes across like he's... screaming seems to be a big thing for him like mm-hmm. jumping out of the plane at the end of the trailer yeah. and all that sort of thing um but no i'm interested by it. i thought the visuals were really great as well i think yes. the one i think the one shot well you could say multiple shots in this but i think one of the shots that really made me go wow uh, was the bit where him and Amber Heard as Mira jump off like the boat, mm-hmm. and I think she or him have like a flare or something like that? It could be another thing we could find out that what it is in the movie, um, but it was like this glowing red light, and they dive into the ocean and they hit the ocean and then that light, kind of illuminates the ocean, and you see them and like these schools of just like fish yeah. or stuff under the water and lightning's going off in the sky and all. It's a beautiful visual. um I think it's also fair to say Black Manda's went down with people well.
1: Yeah. Um cuz I'd seen pictures of him like in Aquaman comics and stuff like he'd been on like the covers of them and then I saw him pop up and I was like, "Oh." Cuz I know like he is basically to Aquaman what Joker is to Batman. He's the big the big um bad for Aquaman very much like with Iron man and was but then obviously we didn't get that because we got you know (laughs) oh oh, I'm just an actual but yeah I'm intrigued by it and it's probably the first one that actually has me going you know that wasn't bad you know like I watched the trailer and went yeah I enjoyed that I thought Mawoah was good I liked Amber Heard in it because she looked that's the thing is that for me
0: she looked a lot better than she did in Justice League
1: for me this seems to be visually this I think could rival Black Panther with the terms of how beautiful this is going that's, to look. That's
0: funny. There's a couple of people I've said that have uh, Sorry, that I've heard from that have said it reminds them a bit of Wakanda okay. in the sense of kind of those visuals. Yeah kind of grabbing you yeah. from off the screen and I think
1: for a lot of women as well having that visual and having Jason Momoa coming out of the water is just fine for them women or <laughs> men let's just say <laughs> you know so
0: it'll be making everybody happy exactly <sighs> <laughs> don't get too warm there Chris I'll, I'll fan you from across the room here so well. well um, but yes I'm going to ask you one final thing then before we round out we'll save those CW things until our CW episode. So if you want to hear our thoughts on the stuff that's come out of San Diego Comic Con for our CW stuff, tune in to those episodes, one of which is coming up soon. If you had to rank stuff that came out of San Diego Comic Con, just even give me one thing that kind of jumps out at you the most that you're looking forward to okay. from San Diego Comic Con. I know you'll be more inclined to... Either comics or figures or whatever. Well, that would be movie, that,
1: which was like Super Seven making Snake Mountain. Now, fair <laughs> enough. That would be something that costs like Castle Grey Skull a dollars, three hundred dollars, and then That's they, also,
0: bigger than they also Castle well. Grey
1: They also made Shira, Grizzlore, Fisto, and Mantenna, which is fine. Um, for me, the biggest thing that. To do with that would probably be the thing that has me most excited would probably be Doctor Who, if I'm if I'm honest. I think just the fact that with this, you know, like obviously there was the stuff that came out to do with GM or the Guardians of the Galaxy director, which we'll touch on at a later stage because. It's too we'll,
0: we'll let that die down yeah. and see what comes out of it before yeah. making any judgments. Because I've
1: seen like Sean Gunn writing about 10 tweets to do and with it. Batista I, as well. Yeah, exactly. So that's something we'll let die down. But, um, Doctor Who definitely has my interest back. And then obviously The Clone Wars. I think The Clone Wars was the biggest shock. Yes. The, if you were to ask me what the biggest surprise was it would definitely be The Clone Wars I think, back.
0: I think Clone Wars definitely has to be up there for me as things that make me the most excited coming out of Comic Con because... There have been whispers, mm-hmm. you know, oh, it's the 10th anniversary, maybe they'll do like a one-off yeah. special for like one of the major stories that they had imagined. I don't think anybody imagined that they would be getting a whole like 12 episode kind of like no half series effectively yeah. for it to kind of round things out. So it's fantastic and again, it's going to be something that will end up hooking me into the Disney streaming service to watch and it'll probably keep me there because millions of other things be it Star Wars or whatever will be getting uploaded mm-hmm. from next year onwards so uh, but yeah Doctor Who's definitely up there as well um, I'd be intrigued to hear what everybody else who's a Doctor Who fan has to think of this as well going forward and I think I'm going to just finish when it comes to Doctor Who again snailing that point on I said it's nice to have a bit of mystery and unknown yep. in Doctor Who mm-hmm. again so and not have all the cards dealt out in front of us already so that has been our San Diego comic-con episode as we said it probably could have went a bit longer considering as you know that we had a bit more there on the rundown but you'll hear that in due course anyway so before we go next episode Chris Next episode is... 119.
1: Yeah, which is what?
0: I can't remember. <laughs> oh, is
1: that why you're asking me? Uh-huh. uh 119 was to do with something that we talked about, which I can't remember either. Oh, no, Isn't it so bad? It is so bad because we did a news episode... We didn't do a news episode, we did Die Hard. Oh, it was to do with video games, with anniversaries. Oh that's that's it.
0: what it was. <laughs> wow. We're terrible at remembering our own Jeez. show. Wow. So we that's we're what just, we get. we're have just completely revealed, we've pulled the curtain back. The Wizard of Oz is no more. Um, yeah, you can tell, folks, that episode 119 was recorded last week. Yeah. And we'll be going to your viewing ears in a week's time. Or if you're listening in the future, it's available now. Yay. <laughs> Um, but it was a fun episode. It was one of those ones that Chris kind of sprung on me in a last second thing. We had something in mind for that episode, and then Chris went, oh, I have something in mind. Uh, I'll see you later. And, yeah, uh, I was like, what
1: is it? No, i not telling. It's yeah. like, oh, you're such
0: a tease. So yes, it's about video games and anniversaries in video games that are happening this year so 5 year 10 year 15 20 all that sort of stuff and there's let's, some brilliant
1: let's, stuff let's hear how much Alan says
0: really yes get your get your clickers out folks yeah. to, to count that up so you've got to look forward to next week and then episode 120 coming up Chris in a couple of weeks time which we'll be doing we'll be um, starting the CW stuff
1: yeah we so we'll be talking about Legends of Tomorrow um, we're going to talk about Legends of Tomorrow we don't, haven't decided what order to do them in yet Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to basically have generic questions that we're going to go through with the Legends, Arrow, Flash, Supergirl and we're also going to talk about the San Diego Comic Con trailers and what that has to mean for the latest incarnation of said show so whether it's season 4 of Legends which we'll be talking about in episode 120 and then episode 121 will then be my London Film Comic Con wrap up Um, to do with who I met my photos autographs and that kind of thing who you met yes Ah. well in essence oh no I don't want to say it because I'll say it on episode 121 um, that there's something not a bit of a milestone but there's certain something that I can achieve that I'll be like wow that's pretty cool to do that but I'll talk about that then so
0: awesome stuff so yes thank you all for listening everybody this has been episode 118 of Operation Retroshock we'll see you all next week wink wink nod nod say goodbye chris
1: yes goodbye chris wink wink nod nod